0: Not really. 2 Kings chapter 4. I want to take a look at today moving from believing to blessing. We've taken a look over the past five weeks at Mark chapter 11. Speak to this mountain and it'll be cast into the sea. Anybody been speaking to some mountains? Three of you. Praise the Lord. Anybody speaking to your mountains lately? Taking authority, believing when you stand there praying, believe and you'll receive. Believe and you'll receive. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to just dive in a little bit further in this. We find the story of the woman whose husband has died. He's left her in debt. The creditors are on their way. And she's got nothing. Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. Not the news that you want to hear. Not, not what you want to hear, that your children are getting ready to be imprisoned, be enslaved in a debtor's situation. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Everybody say that. What shall I do for you? There was no limit on that ask. What name whatever you want. Isn't that awesome? Elisha. Whatever you want, you name it. Elisha can we say was not broke. Whatever he needed, whatever she needed. It's a different, he came to her, not in a poverty mindset, saying, well, I'm not, I don't know if we're going to be able to take care of this. He came to her in abundance mindset, whatever you need, what do you need? God's going to take care of it. Ask whatever you will. Do you see that? Do you see that? What do you want? What do you have need of? And he said, tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar Of oil. And he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour it into all the vessels, and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, She said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. And then she came and told the man of God. And he said to her, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons shall live on the rest. Now I just want to walk through this scripture this morning. And it's so funny, the devil's just working overtime trying to stop this message. So I know there's a blessing for you today in all of this. I want to take a look at some of the, of the different things that are happening here and talk about moving into a place of receiving God's blessing. Here we find them, this man. He was a son of the prophet. This, this, the husband of this wife was was a son of the prophet. He traveled with Elisha everywhere Elisha went this husband went with him. It would be, uh, you know, like one of our ministers or or our interns, things like that. Everywhere that Elisha went, here went the son of the prophet. He was sitting under a man who was anointed, who was blessed. I mean, this guy, Elisha, had a a training school. He had people going with him to do ministry. Elisha lacked nothing. God took care of every need that he had. Even the man's bones raised up a dead man when 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 the dead body hit Elisha's bones. We're talking about a man who carried an anointing for breakthrough and an anointing for abundance and here said a man under his ministry who never received what the man of God was trying to get into his life. You can sit here this morning and hear the preaching, hear the teaching. Sit, come in, get under the influence of the anointing, the atmosphere in this place, and leave. And never receive what God has for you. This, this man went with Elisha everywhere, and he left his wife in debt. He left her to the creditors, left his children in jeopardy. He never received what, what the anointing was on Elisha's life. He never stepped in and received for himself. He heard it. He heard about it, but he never received it. All she had was a jar of oil. Why did this man leave his wife in debt? Why did this man leave his wife in a predicament? We don't know what happened. You can know, write this down if you're taking notes. You can know that the miraculous is possible, but never experience it for yourself. You can hear testimonies like Sue and many others in the church and never experience it for yourself. You can know it's possible. You can know that the blessing is possible, but never step in and receive it yourself. Recently, I had someone tell me, you know, Pastor, I've heard you talk all the time about water, to take another drink, have another drink. There's a river, it's flowing. And I've just never got it. I never understood it until now. And pride, that spiritual pride. I thought I was good. I didn't understand why did I need to have a drink. I didn't understand why I needed to come to the river of God and have a drink. Because I was so blinded by spiritual pride. But, but wow, when things change and life happens, you get a different perspective. You realize how messed up and how ugly you really are. And how desperate you really are for a drink of living water. Isn't it interesting? You can, you can sit in week in, week out, and hear the truth of the word and sit under the anointing of blessing and breakthrough and abundance and never step in for yourself. It reminds me of those that were following Jesus in Luke chapter 4. His first sermon, he gets up in the temple and he starts preaching. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And what do they do? They run him out of town and want to throw him off a cliff. The, the Son of God, God Himself is standing in their midst, but they don't see it. They're so blinded to the truth, they can't see that the Son of God standing right there in front of them. The feeding of the five thousand, Jesus has literally taken two fish and five loaves and has fed over five thousand people. And what was their response? Let's make you our new political leader. You're much better than the Romans. The Romans can't feed us, but at least you have filled our bellies. Let's make you our new leader. The, the bread of life. And Jesus even said, that I am the bread that has come down from heaven. They didn't even see the blessing that was staring them in the face. All they wanted was a political change. If We keep going. This, so this man left his wife in a predicament. She was she was in a situation and now the creditor's coming for her two kids. Poverty will always steal what you have left. Whatever it is, all you see is what lack what lacks. Poverty will always try to come and steal it. There was a generational lesson that was being learned here. That those kids could learn the breakthrough blessing of God. Or learn to stay in a place of lack and brokenness. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? What you do... How you choose to live your life. Are you going to live in the abundance and the blessing of God? You're teaching those who are following after you. If your if you're lifespan, let's just say, you know, the, the Bible says in Genesis that the lifespan of a man is 120 years. You are teaching those who are following you in, in your children and your children's children about the blessing of God and the breakthrough of God or the lack and poverty and brokenness. These kids were getting ready to be carried off by the creditors and be enslaved until the debt was paid. They had a choice that day to learn either breakthrough or blessing. They could become slaves to barrenness or they could be liberated to become sons of blessing and breakthrough. There are people around you. Your your example Your children, you're teaching them either to be sons of bondage, children of bondage, or children of blessing. I don't know. I, I don't I, you're, you're all gonna make me work today. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's shouting today. Because you know, I think I think the truth here is that maybe your toes are getting stepped on a little bit here. You're you're recognizing this is this has a lot more to do than just whether or not you choose to live in the abundance that God's provided. I think what's happening is that you're realizing that God wants you to walk in his abundance, not just so that you can pad your wallet and your pockets, but there is a generation that's rising up after you that needs to understand the blessing of God. There's a generation. You see, poverty is all about how I can manipulate someone else so I can get what I want. Abundance looks at legacy. Abundance possesses legacy. Lack will possess what you do have and try to take it. But lack operates in manipulation. Abundance says, how can I leave a legacy for those who follow after me? You see, I'm not, I'm not just talking about money today. I'm not just talking about what's in your wallet or what's in your checkbook or bank account. I'm talking about the abundance of God in your life. The overflow of God. His blessing on everything that you set your hand to. Talking about walking in the supernatural. Talking about walking and believing that all things are possible to him that believes. Talking about staring down that mountain and saying, I'm not going to teach a generation that comes after me that they have to tunnel through or walk around this thing over and over and over. That my God is able to bring us into the promise he said. My God, you're making me work today. Somebody Get this down in your spirit. God doesn't want you to teach those who come after you to keep circling the mountain. Akron does not need to keep circling the blasted mountain. The Great Lakes area doesn't need. If we circle the stupid opiate Christ said one more time. My God, somebody needs to break the mountain. Somebody needs to declare mountains you're coming down. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Uh, We're not going through this again. (laughs) We're not giving our sons over to the creditor. We're not giving our children. I'm on to something here. I'm not giving my children over to the debt of, of my mistakes and issues in the past. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm gonna have to move this. I'm gonna get happy. I'm not giving my children, I'm not giving another generation over to the things that bound us up before. My husband and I made some mistakes, my generation made some mistakes. We did some things wrong. We neglected the power. We said we wanted a seeker-friendly church. We we wanted to be comfortable. We wanted we wanted the money rather than the than the anointing. We wanted we wanted people to feel comfortable and not convicted. Yeah, we made some mistakes, but as for this generation, I will not give my sons over to the debt of what was. They are going to walk in the abundance of God. Ha ha Jesus said in John 10:10, 10, 10, I have come that they might have abundant life. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come. Elisha came on the scene for them to have abundance and not keep functioning in brokenness. As for me, the Philippian jailer, Acts 16 you and your household god is after your generations as for me and my house as for you and your household you shall be saved now it's interesting elisha says to her what you have i'll do whatever you want but what do you have That's not the question that we would expect Jesus to ask us. Jesus, what, what, do, you, what do you want? Oh, I need a healing. I need deliverance. I need blessing. And we've we got our list. And he turns around and says, go wash. Go get the mud off your eyes. Rise up and walk. What, you mean i got to do something? You mean I got to engage my faith? I actually got to do something here. Come on. What shall I do for you? But what do you have in the house? Come on. What do you already possess? What do you have? I want to suggest to you today that there's a there's a miracle, there's a blessing, there's a breakthrough ready for you, and it's right under your nose. You just got to start where you're at. You know, when when we start talking about walking in abundance or the blessing of the Lord, we think about all these grand plans and schemes. And, well, God's got to do this. And we have this big picture, you know, wave your hand over me, prophet. And Naaman saying, you know, do something. Naaman, you know, wanting some big show. Naaman, just go out to the river you already it's already there the miracle's already there you just got to go activate your faith and we want god to do some big show for us and he's saying your miracle is already in your house your blessing your breakthrough is already there it's time to take inventory what is in your house what gifts what talents what abilities what has god placed within you All I got is a jar of oil. What what has God placed in your house? I've lost it all, God. I don't have any. You know, we've spent everything to survive. All I've got is this bottle of oil. But that bottle of oil is the place where the blessing will flow. This woman's state... Of mind and her issues kept her from seeing the blessing and the miracle that was staring her in her face. It was right there, and she couldn't even see it. She was facing death and debt and depression. She was broke. She couldn't see. She couldn't see. And the prophet was telling her, It's right there. He says to her in verse 3, go borrow vessels from all your neighbors. Now I want to talk to you about the law. I I use this word. You've probably heard it different places, used in different means. But I'm I'm going to take it and use it for this situation. The law of reciprocity. Everybody say this, give Give. and and it will be given. Is that a biblical truth? Is that biblical? Yeah. yeah. Give and it will be given. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. Law of reciprocity. This woman had to give in order for the blessing to flow. You know, we're really good. We can understand as Christians, I, I would say most Christians, not everyone in the room, has, has learned this biblical truth of giving, but probably most of the people in the room have understood biblical giving. And it's not just about the tithe. it's a lifestyle. Tithe is just a portion of biblical giving. This is a, giving is a lifestyle, say Amen. Giving is a lifestyle. Being generous is a lifestyle. This isn't just about a tithe or an offering or checking a box on Sunday that you did something. Now that box is powerful and it's ineffective. You tithe and, and God multiplies. It's really very simple. And, and God works like that. He's very, very simple. But, but this is more than just checking the box of tithe. This is a lifestyle of giving. Most believers understand giving. What we have a hard time is in is receiving Give somebody a compliment. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, thanks, okay. Yeah. We don't know how to graciously receive. And I think part of the problem is because we've been taught and by virtue of others' lessons that any time we acknowledge God and what he's given us, people call it boasting. It's not boasting. God said in Deuteronomy, remember the Lord who gives you the power to get wealth. And when we when we boast in God and rejoice over his blessing, it's not prideful, it's not arrogant. Look what God's done for me. Look what God has done. Look how he's blessed me. Look how God has provided for my car. Thank God, Sue, and I thank God. Thank look at what God has done. Look at God who has given me an anointing to get well. It's not it's not prideful. It's rejoicing in the Lord who's blessed them. And I just believe, I think God's going to increase your faith, Sue and Al. I'll just take a moment to prophesy and speak over. it. I think God's going to increase your faith beyond just getting a car. That's just, that's just a step. That's just seeing one mountain dissolve. I think God's going to dissolve another mountain. You're going to have faith to pay that thing off early. There's going to be supernatural financial income that you're going to get that thing. Because listen, you know, when, when, when God said, oh, no man, nothing except to love him, there's, there's power in that. So I think God's teaching, and I think he's teaching all of us, that we've got to move out of, it's not just getting a loan on something else, that God's going to give us the money to get that thing paid off, not have to be in debt. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm just trying to help you. Don't get mad at me. (laughs) Given it will be given. She had to take inventory of what she had. She, miracles begin at where we're at. The miracle begins where we're at. You need a healing? It's got to start right in the middle of your sickness. If you need a, if you need a miracle, healing, many times that healing and that miracle is going to start right in the middle of that hospital room. Right in the middle of disease, right in the middle of infirmity. But God is able to bring a miracle in the middle of that situation. I never forget when God called me to pastor. I thought, God, you've got one. You've got the wrong person. I don't like to talk in front of people. I don't know what you're thinking, but I I am not going to be effective at public speaking. Because I don't like getting one. I don't like getting up in front of people. The next problem is that I don't have anywhere to preach. I was 14 years old. I was 8 years old when God first called me at a kid's camp. And then 14 when God reminded me. And I said, God, I don't, I'm 14 years old. I don't have any place to preach. But I said, God, if that's you, if this is you, then I want you to open the door. So I want you to begin to prove it. Because I don't want, to, I don't want this linger around in my mind. I don't want this linger if it's not you and literally within within just a matter of weeks i was at a i was at an event and i had a pastor a lady pastor <laughs> come up to me and i say that because it was significant at the time but she walk, she walked up to me and she said god spoke to me and told me to tell ask you to come preach at my church she did. i didn't know her i didn't know i didn't know i didn't even know who she was i didn't know the church i didn't even know the church existed but I went to my pastor. I said, let me talk to my pastor. See, God puts godly men and women in your life for a reason. God puts godly men and women in your life for a reason. And everybody said, amen. amen. And I went to my pastor and I said, I don't know who she is. He knew her, knew the church and said, go for it. You'll either love it or you'll hate it. <laughs> that advice, I'm telling you, that advice has stuck with me. And it's the same advice that I give to people when they tell me they're called to preach, and before they've preached their first message, I always say, you'll either love it or you'll hate it, because it's so true. You'll either fall in love with it or you won't. And that, again, it's just a, a sign of God's touch on your life. And I'll never forget preaching that first message, and I, 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 my first sermon was on revival, if you can believe that or you know, go <laughs> shocking. My first was Ezekiel 47, the river that flowed from the temple. I talked about the different stages of the river. and the, I have preached that sermon so many times since then, the river of God, my first message. I preached, I was, I was supposed to, it was supposed to go for 30 minutes. I was preaching in a youth service, right after the youth service was the adult service. It was in the main sanctuary, so I had to be done. We had to wrap service up because the adult service was going to be starting. I looked up at the clock. They had one of those old school clocks on the back wall. I looked up, and I had passed up my time by about 20 minutes. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me in that moment. I don't recommend this. <laughs> but I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me in that moment. He said, keep going. And so I just kept going. And the, and the presence of God fell in that room. People were shaking and crying in their seats under conviction. I remember seeing people literally getting up and running out the back doors under conviction. They couldn't sit in the service. Gave an altar call. People came forward, got born again. And we had another hour and a half altar time, just laying hands on people, people getting healed, baptized in the Holy Ghost, set free. I thought, okay, God, I think you're trying to say something here. Because that had nothing to do with me. <laughs> I had to position myself in a place to receive what God was saying. God wanted me to walk in his blessing and his abundance and provision and ministry. That was when I was 14 years old and hasn't stopped since. have to position. People say to me, why well why do you when you pray for people they fall down and why do you have miracles and all these demonstrations? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I this has started from day one. I never asked for it. I never, nobody ever says to God, God, now that you've called me into ministry, can, can you uh, make people fall down on my services? Can you make demons manifest at my services? Can you, you know, if, if we're really going to do this, how about we just go all out and make a show for everybody to, to laugh at? If you're going to put me up in front of everybody, let's let them really laugh. You know, that's, nobody asks those kinds of things. <clears throat> that's our natural mind, our natural self. But I had to position myself into a place to receive from, from the Lord. And I know when I'm not flowing in that. I know when I've stepped out of that because I'm absolutely aggravated. I've tried to fit in. <laughs> I've, I've tried to be normal. It doesn't work. <laughs> I've tried to be one of those normal preachers who just makes you feel good. I, I've tried to just teach and not have any supernatural signs and wonders. That have, and the only way I can do that is not lay hands on anybody and not, not preach what I believe. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only thing. And so I've learned to receive. What I'm saying is this. I've learned to step in and receive. I can't make it happen. I can't make people get healed. I can't make people get born again. I can't make the things that happen happen. All I know is I can step into the flow of God. I can step in and receive what he said and what he's promised. Or I can, I can stay out of the flow. You can be miserable in and, and, and the lack. If you want to be miserable, God will let you stay miserable. If you want to be a grumpy, cranky Christian, go for it. You think I'm joking? Oh, I'm absolutely serious. You can get to heaven being cranky. You may not like it when you get there. Because I got news for you it is a happy place. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's happy. I've learned to step in and receive, it might just be a bottle of oil. It may seem insignificant, but there's miracles that happen when you begin to pour what God's given you. Elisha said, now go get some vessels. Go get some bowls. Go get some containers. She had to do more than just believe in her heart that what Elijah said was going to happen. She had to engage with the word of God. She had to begin to speak out of her mouth. She had to begin to (laughs) confess what God was saying. She had to go knock on some doors and say, hey, God said he's going to pour out a blessing on my life. And I didn't have room enough to receive it. Yeah. Hang on a second. Aren't you the one that the debtors are on their way to come get your children? Just give me the bowls. Just give me the bowls. It was, it was a demonstration of her faith. Did she believe what God said? Was she going to confess what was in her heart? Was the word of God in her heart, was she going to confess it to those and demonstrate? Was she going to speak to that mountain? Was she going to stare that mountain of debt and and unbelief from her husband and the generational issues that had happened? Was she going to stare that sucker in its face and say, Mountain, you're going to move? Was she going to endure the ridicule of her neighbors who knew who she was and knew her story? Is she going to endure it? Why do you need all these bowls? Why do you need all this? I mean, everybody's going to have all sorts of questions. You start going around town and asking people for empty vessels. I mean, you do that this afternoon. You just go door to door and ask everybody who lives on your street for their Tupperware and see what happens. Why do you need my Tupperware? And that's what she's doing. I believe God's going to provide. Well, what's he going to do? He's going to fill these with oil. What do, why does he need to fill these Tupperware bowls with oil? She didn't. All she knew was what God had said. And she had to confess what he was saying. Begin to speak to that mountain. And say, mountain, you're going to melt. And she gets back with all these vessels. I love, I love this. She gets back with all these vessels. All this stuff. And Elijah had told her... Go shut the door behind you. You and your sons go in the house and shut the door behind you. They brought the vessels in and shut the door. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I'll say it again. Don't, don't take anybody in with you that's in doubt and unbelief. Shut the door on doubt and unbelief. It's so funny. People will come out of the woodworks to watch a miracle. Well, it's, it's, we just want to be nosy. We want to see. And, I, and it's, it's in your advantage to look at them and say, I love you, but you weren't with me when I needed you. You weren't with me when my husband was dying. You weren't with me when my children were getting ready to be sold off into slavery. And so I love you, but you can wait your turn outside the door because I only need those who are believing with me, who are confessing with me right now. I need a miracle. I need a breakthrough. And I don't need somebody trying to kill my dream in the middle of this thing. I don't need somebody trying to kill my generational legacy in the middle of this thing. So I love you, but it's to your advantage that you you just stay outside for now it doesn't mean that you have to be ugly it just ne- you need to know where to draw the line and say as for me and everybody in this house we are going to be in belief Jesus did it I-, I said this at the beginning of the year and I'll say it again some of you need to get rid of the parasites they're hanging out inside of your house and they're killing your dream from the inside The very thing that God has planted within you, the very reality of God himself is being destroyed because you have people telling you on the inside how horrible everything is. And God's just saying, pour out your oil. Stop looking at everything that's gone wrong and start pouring out the oil in the vessels and watch how I'll provide you say, well, pastor, you, you don't know, you know, I might offend somebody. I might, you know, I might take somebody off. You know, they've been hanging out in my house for a long time. Those parasites are really healthy. They've been hanging out for a long time, sucking my blood and telling me how everything's horrible. I love you, but you got to get out. Shut the door on unbelief. Shut the, shut the door on doubt. And get alone in a place of intimacy with the word of God. Get intimate with the word of God. She she was, this woman had all these vessels all around her. Her sons had brought in all these vessels, all these bowls, all everything, Tupperware, they're all there. Everybody, she got her oil. She had to come face to face. Do I believe what this man has said or do I not? I've confessed it. I've got my oil. Now do I really believe it? She had to get intimate with the word of God. You see, there's there's something. Can I can some of the ushers just bring me up as many of those offering plates? Somebody just help us out. Give me some offering plates up here. We just have, there we go. We got some ushers coming. Let me just let me just demonstrate this for you. Because bring me some vessels. <laughs> bring, bring, me, bring me some vessels. Here we go. Yeah, I'm we're gonna fill them up. Just lay them on up here. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Now, now this is just to, just to illustrate something here. Do you think this oil is going to fill up all those plates? No. Not in the natural. And I, I bet that woman... At some point, she's looking. I got this little jar of oil, and I've got all these vessels. I got this little jar of oil, and I've got all these vessels. But the man of God said, "Pour the oil." That that step, it's Peter getting out of the boat. Jesus, if you said to me, "Come," I'll I'll get out of the boat. Okay, he said, come. <laughs> okay, he said, get out of the boat. What am I going to do now? <laughs> Jesus just told me to get out of the boat. Did he see there's water? We're not on dry land. That initial step of faith, that it, it's easy to get the vessels, it's easy to start speaking, it's a whole other thing to start receiving. It's easy to speak to that mountain It's easy to say this is the word of the Lord. But when you have to start receiving what God says, it's another story. She looked at those vessels. She looked at her oil. And the man of God said, pour out the oil. She understood something in that moment that her husband never got. Her husband followed the man of God, went with him everywhere he went, saw the miracles, saw the prophecy, saw everything happen. And he never got it. But that woman, in one moment of time, it always takes a woman. It's interesting. It always takes a woman. She got something that her husband could never figure out. Just pour the blasted oil. Just pour the oil. It's just a little bit. It might seem insignificant. But I'm telling you what is fragments to you. Is 12 basketfuls to Jesus. He went out and he fed the 5,000 with 5 loaves and 2 fish. And they collected the fragments and it was 12 baskets. They came. The disciples and all those people that day came with a bunch of empty baskets. They had no food. They were empty. But what they had room to receive, Jesus filled. Not only did the he fill their bellies, but he filled their baskets too. There's a blessing, Heather read it this morning. There's a blessing available for you that you don't even have room to receive. Is that what, is that what the Bible says? you've got to begin to pour the oil. You've got to get your seed in the ground Galatians six seven says, "Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap." How did that oil know to stop pouring? How did the oil know to stop? It didn't. It didn't know to stop. It stopped pouring when there was not a vessel. When there was a, when there was not a vessel, the oil stopped. She had a blessing that broke the curse of the debt off of her life and off of her kid's life. But what would have happened had she had more vessels? Had she been able to keep pouring? God will fill every hungry heart as long as they're a vessel. As long as there is a vessel, God will fill it. Uh, can I just say something about our church here? Can I just pause? We, I, I love our church. I love the presence of God here. I love what he's doing. I love it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. but he'll only pour out what there's vessels to receive. You hear me. He's pouring. And let me say this, let me just take it a step further. There's a, there's a jar of oil in your life. There's a jar of oil in your life. There's, if you open up the cupboard of your life, there's a jar of oil, and it will pour out as long as there's a vessel for you to pour into. There are, there are people, you say, Pastor, help me understand what you're saying. There are people all around you. And that supernatural overflow will happen as long as you pour out. and As long as you find people to pour into. But the minute that the vessels stop coming, the minute that you stop going to get vessels, the oil will stop. We can have great services, and we do. We can have awesome worship, and we do. We can have awesome altar time, and we do. But the minute that we say we're done, we're we're good, we've arrived and we stop getting vessels, the oil stops. I don't know about you, but I don't want the oil to stop. I don't want the abundance of God, the copiousness of his glory to stop. I don't want him to stop. I want more. Get the vessels. Get the baskets. Get the broken vessels. Get the broken cisterns. Get the broken, get the people who are men to get, uh, get vessels. (laughs) And watch as God fills them. What seems like a fragment to you is fullness to him. Isn't it interesting, you know, when God says, hey, you know, I want you to do This or I've called you to do that or I've given you this gift or that ability or I'm speaking this vision or dream to you. Isn't it interesting when God releases a dream that many times we think we've got to see it in its fulfillment before we actually receive it. We start looking all around us for for the big picture. We want the fullness. We want the big picture. We want, oh God's called me into ministry. Then that means pastor's got to give me a microphone and I got to start preaching every Sunday. It's true. Oh God, you've said that I'm going to walk in financial prosperity and we expect a million bucks in our bank tomorrow. And all the while, God has surrounded us with fragments. Just fragments. Bible college. Get engaged. Bible college. Serve. Find a place to serve. Begin to be discipled. Fragments. We sell it baby steps. Fragments, whatever you want to call it, just begin to pick up what seems insignificant to you. Just begin to pick it up and put it in the basket. Begin to pick it up and pour it out on someone else. Begin to utilize what God has placed. Stop looking for the grand picture. You know, I'm sure the woman, it it would have been much easier for her if Elijah said, Okay, I'll pay your debt off. (laughs) How much you but she never would have she never would have engaged her faith she never would have seen what God can do with a jar of oil oh God, I want you you 've given me this dream you 've given me this ministry, make it happen, and God says i am i 've placed all the fragments around you that you need to see the fulfillment of that thing, and we miss. We miss the little pieces because we're looking for something bigger, something better, something flashy and shiny. That's what I was looking for. What we're really looking for is our name and lights. What we're really looking for is the show and the grandiose. That's what we're really looking for. If the truth be told, the evil monk on the inside of us really wants to see the big prideful show, it's all about me. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching truth this morning. But the reality here is that it takes those who are humble enough to say, I'll take the fragment, Lord. I'll take the little bit, and in that fragment, in that nugget, there's an abundance. In that that step, in just that little jar of oil, there's an abundance. In that, in that five loaves and two fish, there's an abundance. Miracles. She begins to pour out the oil. She fills up all the vessels. Now, this this is interesting. Elisha doesn't wait around. He, he goes home. You know. Part of me wonders, if, I, if, I, if that were me, me of old little faith would say, I'm hanging out. <laughs> I want to see, God, is this really going to work? <laughs> you, you told me to tell her, tell her to pour out the oil and, and, and you're going to fill these vessels. Let me, let me just hang out here for the next couple hours and see. How does this really work out for her? But Elisha's not worried. He's confident in who God is and what he said. He leaves, he goes home. Just this is what you need. Pour out the oil. She's she's so stuck in bondage over poverty. She fills up all the vessels. She fills them all up. They're all full. son looks at her. We ain't got no more vessels. What do we do with all this oil? We just poured. And there's oil. And there's oil. And there's oil. What do we do with all this oil? She's so stuck. She can't even see what she needs to do with her oil. And she runs over to Elisha's house. Elisha! What do we do with all this? You told us to pour out the oil, and there's oil all over the place. We filled up every vessel, every container. Everything has oil in it. What do we do with it? He says, go sell it. She couldn't even, she couldn't even see the blessing that was happening because she was so bound up. He says, go, go sell it. Pay off your debt. And live on the rest. So she goes and she sells it. She pays off her debt. I wonder. Now this is just me. I wonder what all those people who she borrowed vessels from thought about her. She went to all those. Can I? Can I have your Tupperware? I need your. I need your bowls. And I, I've got a sneaky suspicion that at some point they came back to the to the woman and said, "Can I have my containers back? Can I? Can I have my stuff back? I'm sorry, I sold it. You what? <laughs> Well, yeah, the man of God told me that I needed to take the oil and pour it into the vessels. I poured it in. I did exactly what he said. And then he told me, go sell it all. So I've sold. You want your money back? I'll pay you. I'll pay you for your containers. Multiplication just happened. She poured. She sold. Her debt was paid. Her children were taken care of. And everybody she bought vessels from, borrowed vessels from, now got their money back. Here, I'll give you money for that. And what a story of the provision of God. What a story that circulated through town. Wow. From a jar of oil? God wants you to move from just believing to receiving. Receiving. I want you to move from just believing to receiving. I thank God. You know, I, I look around the room today and I, I see a lot of faces, most faces I know. And, and I see precious people. I see people who have trusted God mostly this morning. Precious people who have trusted God, believe God, for, and, and have seen the blessing of the Lord in your life. I wanna I wanna speak just for a moment. I wanna speak just for a moment to those in the room. That's probably ninety-five percent of the people who are in this room don't even need to hear what I'm gonna say. But that doesn't mean you can tune me out. (laughs) I wanna speak to the smaller percent that you're looking at what's in your house and you're saying, I got nothing. I don't have it I don't have I don't have anything. We're broke. I feel I feel insignificant. God can do nothing through me. There's nothing. I don't know where we're going. All I know is my children are getting ready to get taken. My situation's desperate. This isn't good. That's who I'm talking to this morning. Take inventory. Stop looking at the problem. Stop staring the mountain down. Take inventory of the word of the Lord and what he has spoken in your life. Take inventory of what he's placed within you. It might just be a jar of oil, it might just be a couple of fragments of bread or fish. But I'll promise you this. God can work a miracle with fragments. He can work a miracle with those fragments. Just begin to find what God's given you. Pastor, what do I do with it when I find it? (laughs) What do, I, what do I do with that oil? What do I do with those fish or those, that bread? What do I do? Find somebody who needs some oil. Find somebody who needs some bread. Find somebody who needs some fish. And begin to give what you've got. Begin to pour out the oil in those vessels and go give those vessels away. And get some more. Begin to give the fish and the bread to people who are hungry. And watch, watch what will happen. God will multiply, multiply, multiply. There's some in this room this morning, you, you have not yet taken this. Time. I'm just going to, I'm going to go there and I'm going to say it. Not so that you can throw tomatoes at me and get mad at me. I'm going to say it because I want you to walk in the blessing of the Lord. But there, and I'm not, this is not a message about finances and tithing and all that. Although it, it covers it all. But if tithing is a problem for you, my guess is that tithing is a problem for you because you're looking in the wrong places. Look what I don't have. If I give that $5, whatever it is, if I give that $5, my bank account's going to go in the red, i got to pay bills, i got to do... And you're looking at what you don't have, I'm not telling you this so that I can go buy a Rolls Royce or a nice car and drive around on your money. Hear me. I'm telling you this so that you can walk in freedom. Although if someone wants to bless me with a Rolls Royce, anybody listening out there on anywhere, I will not turn away the blessing. (laughs) Just clarifying there in case anybody thinks. But many times we don't sow our seed. I've done it. We've all done it. Pastor, you've done it. Absolutely. Bills add up to this. Tithe. Listen, tithe, tithing is not something that I figure out after I add up my bills. Can I just can I say that? I don't figure out what I tithe after I add up my bills. I figure out what I tithe because I got Blessed. God gave me the power to get wealth. He, he deposited resources into my bank account somehow. Thank you, Lord. And so, guess what? I give because it's His. I tithe because it's His. Tithe is His. It's not mine. And it's not mine to figure out where on the list of bills. It's not a bill. I'm, oh, somebody's getting set free right there. That's helping somebody. Your tithe is not a bill. <laughs> It, it might look like a bill in Quicken or whatever software you use. It might look like a bill, but it ain't a bill. It's God's. <laughs> it's God's. It's his. It's his, not yours. <laughs> this is helping somebody. I just hear it. I hear, I hear the spiritual wheels turning this morning. I, and I'm, I'm telling you this because it's going to help you. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm just being pastor and I want to help you. It's going to change how you view tithing. It's going to, it's going to align. <laughs> it's going to align through everything else. When you realize that that 10% is his, everything else becomes supernatural. This bottle of oil is not supernatural. It is Mediterranean... Blend, giant eagle, extra virgin olive oil. It is 100% pure, full bodied, and mild. Our olive has been naturally pressed to bring you the highest quality and best flavor. Says nothing about supernatural. <laughs> right? But when you begin to give, it becomes supernatural. He makes everything in that jar supernatural. All of a sudden, that money goes further and lasts longer, and then you start looking around. Now, now, don't tell me in a week. Don't come back to me in a week after today, next Sunday, and you tell me, Pastor, I tried that tithe thing, and I, I still, I'm, I'm still red in my bank account. Don't try tithing. Do tithing. It's his. You got to change. There's a heart shift. It's His money. It's not something that you're trying. You're not trying to let God have His money. You're going to let Him have what's His. It belongs to Him. Okay. Now for the rest of y'all. That was 2% of the population in the room. For everyone else. I I, I really believe the Lord has really been stirring my heart on this. <clears throat> We've had different words and things spoken over the church and whatnot. I really believe that over the next couple of months that we're going to begin to step into that lavish, generous overflow where it's not just, it's not just pouring so we can pay off the debt, but it's going to be paying, it's going to be pouring and there's going to be abundance for us to live on. There's going to be abundance for us to overflow with. Um, and I, I got to tell you something. I mean, we've seen supernatural provision this year. I, Heather and I were trying to figure out the numbers, um, Last night, the past couple of days, just thinking about how much debt has actually been paid off in, in the four and a half years we've been here. Oh, my gosh. I don't even really know where to start with that number. <laughs> um, that's a, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Paula, can tell you, she's, she's involved in all that. There's a lot of money. Thelma, a lot of money paid, paid off and, and still being paid off. But look what God has done. And I, I really believe, man, I really believe that, the, that there is a shift in the heart of our people, uh, in the heart of our church, that's moving from this place where the woman found herself. I ain't got nothing. My husband's dead. The creditor's coming. Woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is our situation. And, and I see, I've I, and I'm not just saying this because I want it, and this is not just wishful thinking. I see it happening. I've seen the, I saw the first fruits of it two weeks ago in our family meeting. It was two weeks ago that we had. We told you about we had a, we had an opportunity to bless a family in our church that was going through a hard time. And I watched people in our church dig deep in their pockets and literally just begin to Put money in a bag for a person, literally. I mean, can you imagine that? I'm not talking about an offering plate. I'm talking about a purse. Just fill up a purse with money just to be a blessing. And, you know, I think I said this last week, but I'll say it again because it's awesome. And I said, when, when we did that, I said, the Lord repays those who lend to those who have a need. He will repay you. Watch within a week how God repaid. You know, I have had, I, right now, I can think of five people who've come up to me and have said, God repaid me within the week of me giving that money. Here's how much I gave, and this is what God gave back. Some of them got it back with interest. <laughs> I mean, literally, just the blessing of the Lord. I'm not talking about some super spiritual, um, I'm trying to name it, claim it, pull money. I'm talking about biblical principles that you can live your life by. I'm talking about biblical principles you can live your life by. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the change. I'm she- seeing this shift happen. Now I'm sheeing. I'm sheeing the change. I'm sheeing it. <laughs> I'm sheeing it. Bless the Lord. Have you been blessed this morning? <laughs> the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Worship team, y'all can come back. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father so wonderful